Grace and peace to you and welcome to Reaching for Real Life with Sean Azaro, the senior pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. Now this is a church that exists to help people just like you. Find the real life you were created for and find it to the full. That's what Jesus promised in John 10.10. And today we begin a brand new series called The Faith That's Based on the Book of Titus. It's a short letter from the Apostle Paul, only three chapters long, that you can read in about five minutes. And it is full of great truths. Pastor Sean suggests that in Titus, we're going to understand the whys of life. And with that, we can change our daily habits to help us focus more on spiritual growth. Reallife.org has this full message, sermon notes, and series available for free. But if you feel led to bless this listener-supported radio ministry, then please do. There's a place to give at reallife.org. Today it's part two of the message called Understanding the Why. Pastor Sean is in Titus 1 and 2 Corinthians chapter 4. It's time for Reaching for Real Life. See, he says, understand that those who have faith are children of Abraham. I, I, I'm afraid this, this word, have, is sometimes lost. Not those who had faith. Those who have faith. I think sometimes we think, well, I said the sinner's prayer, I went up, I let someone pray for me, so I profess my faith in Jesus, and I meant it. But now I'm just kind of going to live and make my way. We've we got to understand, faith is something that changes everything. It's a different way of looking at the world. Faith is that a way of seeing things that says God is real. He is present. His word is true. And I trust him. And that, that means it affects our decisions. It affects everything that we do. Faith transforms everything. It's not enough to say I trusted him for my salvation. No, the fact is, God is real. He is present. And what that means is anything is possible. See, as people and followers of God, faith changes how we approach everything. You know, we talk about being a disciple. It really means simply listen for his voice and do what he says. That's how you become a disciple. That's how you grow in Christ. Listen for his voice through the word of God and then do what he says. Well, think about the faith to even listen for his voice. And then the faith to do what he says. i got to tell you, we had an incredible illustration of faith just this morning when we talked about finances. Do you know why the Bible talks so much about finances? Because it's near and dear to our heart. I've told you before, the way to a man's heart is not through his stomach, it is through his wallet. And that goes for women too. It's true, and we all know it. But do you understand that there's something very deep in that? You see how much the Bible talks about money, and you're like, why does it talk so much about money? Because we talk so much about money. We think so much about money. You know why? Because it's how we meet our needs. And as such, it is very deep and personal. It really is. It's how we meet our needs. And that is very close to our heart. This is, this is one of the things that the Bible talks so much about money because it's an incredible tutor to teach us about faith. The principle that I alluded to when, when I talked about finances a little bit ago is a classic example. When you say the Bible talks about this issue called the tithe, this proportionate giving that the Scripture gives, and the whole idea behind it is God promises, if you'll take the first 10% and dedicate that to His kingdom and His work, He will multiply you, He will multiply the remaining 90% more so that you are blessed more, you prosper more, you live better off the 90% than you could do off the 100 And here's the, here's the reason it's such a big thing of faith, because we're kind of good at math. I mean, it's just math. We all know that 90% is less than 100%. Now, if that's news to any of you, I'm glad it was able to enlighten you, but I doubt it was. See, that's where real 
faith comes in to actually say, he promised that if we would be generous and if we would tithe, he would open the windows of heaven and pour out so much blessing we can't contain it. Do you believe he can do that? No, I mean, this really, because this, it's like, but, but wait a minute, wait a minute. I can't afford to do that. Well, if you believe what the scripture says, you can't afford not to. But if you don't believe it, then you're like, well, but yeah, 100% is more than 90. Do you believe? See, this is what faith is all about. Faith is saying, I really believe him. So I'm going to do it. Even though everything in me is saying um, 90 is less than 100. And the beautiful thing is, I've heard from hundreds of people throughout the years of how God taught them of his grace and his faithfulness and his ability to do more with 90% than they could with 100. And, and here's the big payoff. It's not just that you experience better, more financial blessing. That's very cool and that's God's heart for you and that's awesome. But the big payoff is that I watch people's faith come alive and they become a believer on a different level because they were able to mathematically prove the goodness and faithfulness of God. Because now, when it comes to those eternal things, those things that matter, my relationships, the people around me, I I begin to trust him. Maybe in my marriage, when there's something I'm wrestling with and the whole world says I should do one thing, but God's word says I should do another. I'm going to do what God's word says because I've proven the truth of who he is. I've proven that he can do what he said he could do through something as basic and simple as money and math And so in my marriage, I'm going to take a step of faith and do what God said to do instead of what every goofball on the internet says I should do. How about raising my kids? The world says I should do this. Of course, it's the exact opposite of what they said five years ago, but don't pay attention to that. I should listen to them because now they really know what they're talking about. And they all say the same thing. You must do this. And the word of God says, no, no, you should do this. Who am I going to believe? See, something as basic as, as money and numbers teaches me to trust him. And now in those big eternal things like my relationships, my family, my job, my career, how I'm going to do business. Emmanuel says to make money, I've got to do this. God's word says I should do this instead. Who am I going to trust? So I'm going to trust God. That's faith. Faith will always put you at odds. And we were tra- folks, we were raised and trained in a system that did not encourage faith. And when we come to follow Jesus, it changes everything. That's why Paul said, I wrote this and I did this and my ministry is about encouraging the faith of the elect. See, it's not enough for new believers to be born. They also have to be grown. They also have to grow. And faith is one of those big areas. Second, disciples must grow in the truth. Disciples must grow in the truth. Second Corinthians 4, 2 says this, but we have renounced disgraceful underhanded ways. We refuse to practice cunning or to tamper with God's word but by the open statement of the truth, we would commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. The open statement of the truth. Even saying that is controversial. Because there's people who just go around, well, but truth, truth is all relative. And you know your truth, but I know my truth. And I've told you before, that's the dumbest thing anyone's ever said. Your truth, my truth. Don't look up the word truth. Truth exists regardless of your opinion or my opinion. Truth exists regardless of our opinions, and that's so important. Some of you, you just need to grab onto that because you're going to have a conversation this week in which someone's going to hit you with something ridiculous, and you need to remember and maybe even tell them, pass this little secret along, truth exists regardless of our opinions. You know, you can tell me, oh, I love to go up north to the Gulf of Mexico. I love to drive north to the Gulf of Mexico because that's how I get there. I drive north to go to the Gulf of Mexico. Nope. 
See, the Gulf of Mexico is a big body of water to our southeast. And it just sits there. Yes, but I, I prefer to think of it north. Okay, well, you might run into Lake Michigan, but it's not the Gulf of Mexico. Well, but if I want it to, I can. See, it, it, truth is the Gulf of Mexico is southeast, and it's not going to move anywhere. It's just sitting there. That's how truth is. It doesn't change. The Gulf of Mexico isn't moving, and neither will the truth. And, and folks, we, we live in a world that doesn't understand that. The Word of God is full of truth, and we've got to understand truth. We've got to be people to the truth, people willing to, in love, speak the truth. And it's getting harder, I'm telling you. CBS News did a report in May. They said this, the World Health Organization will remove gender identity disorder from its global manual of diagnosis. A major win for transgender rights. The change was announced last summer, but a resolution to amend the health guidelines was officially approved Saturday. The United Nations Health Agency released a revised version of the International Classification of Disease that reclassifies gender identity disorder as gender incongruence, which is now featured under the sexual health chapter rather than the mental disorders chapter. Now, understand something. It is as though renaming and moving to a different chapter has now changed what the truth is. Gender incongruence is better known as gender dysphoria, the feeling of distress when an individual's gender identity is at odds with the gender assigned at birth. And and, and listen to this phrase, An evolving scientific understanding of gender and work by transgender advocates has contributed to this reclassification. An evolving scientific understanding. Now, we've got to understand what science is. Science is based on observing what is. But an evolving scientific understanding and of gender and work by transgender advocates has contributed to the reclassification. Here's a quote. The WHO's removal of gender identity disorder from its diagnosis manual will have a liberating effect on transgender people worldwide. Graham Reed, LGBT rights director at Human Rights Watch, said in a statement Monday, governments should swiftly reform national medical systems and laws that require this now officially outdated diagnosis. Now remember this, title, this person's title was LGBT rights director at Human Rights Watch. Do you know in the entire article there was never a doctor quoted? There wasn't a psychologist quoted? The money quote was from a human rights director. Folks, we've we got to understand something. And if, if, if you're here and maybe you, you struggle with a, a, a difference or a confusion in what your born gender is and what your perceived gender is. I want to say we have compassion. And, and there's all kinds of people. We, we, we all have all kinds of confusion and things that we're trying to sort out. And you're in a place where there's no perfect people, so welcome, okay? I hope you can feel at home here, and that's what I want. But you've got to understand, I don't think we help people by moving the goalposts so that what, where we are feels okay. Because there are just things... It's very simple. If you stop think, start thinking about, about different sexual attractions, people with different sexual attractions. Folks, sexual attractions can change. Okay, we all have attractions that are unhealthy for us. Otherwise, we wouldn't need a Savior. Our faith is all about our sin nature, which has all kinds of unhealthy attractions in it. Mine does. I have unhealthy attractions, which Jesus is setting me free from. Do you understand that? I mean, when you understand, it's, it's, it's some people have been taught to think, well, no, no, we're different, we're different, I'm different. No, you're not, you're just, we're all the same. Yours may be same-sex attraction. Someone else might have a, a disproportionate opposite-sex attraction or opposite-sex attraction to lots of people. Someone might have an attraction to, doing, to being physically violent when they get angry. 
You know, someone goes, well, I'm Irish, and I punch people when I get mad. Okay, that's what I do. Okay, well, that, and uh, is there something genetic connected? I don't know. I seem to have a genetic predisposition in this flesh of mine to sin. But Jesus Christ has set me free. And here's the thing. I want to say to you, maybe you're a person who, who wrestles with some of these issues. You are in good company. You are welcome here as long as you, like all of us, say, you know what? We're committed to following Jesus and becoming who he created us to be. It's that simple. Isn't that the truth? And we want to take a quick minute to remind you, you're listening to Reaching for Real Life with Pastor Sean Azaro, a listener-supported ministry of River City Community Church in this message called Understanding the Why. It's in the series The Faith, based on the book of Titus, which is available right now on the sermon page at reallife.org. And while you're there, if you've been blessed by this teaching, your financial gift helps this radio ministry continue to help others. Just find the Give tab at reallife.org. And if you're looking for a new church home, here's your invitation from Pastor Sean. River City Community Church is a church for real life. Real life is what we were created for and what we're all about. In fact, our mission is more people living real life by passionately following Jesus. Hi, I'm Pastor Sean Azaro, and we believe we were made to have a life full of meaning and purpose that can only be found in relationship with our Creator. That's what real life is. It's not just a church thing. It's a way of living that powerfully impacts every area of our lives. River City is come as you are and has a relaxed, casual feel with practical teaching, inspirational worship, and age-appropriate ministry for the whole family. We're located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Matama Park. Our service times are Sundays at 9.30 and 11.15 and Mondays at 7 p.m. River City is a church for real life, and so our home on the web is reallife.org. We hope you'll come and see us as you travel the road to real life. And now the conclusion to the message, understanding the why. This is Reaching for Real Life. Some of the things in my flesh, I want to be set free from those. And Jesus has been working on me, and I'm growing, and I'm increasing in my faith. I'm increasing my understanding of truth year by year as I follow and try to become more like Jesus, and his spirit empowers me. Well, that's his will for all of us. Now, if you come in here, any of us come in here and go, well, I've got this sin in my life, these things the Bible calls sin, and I want you to accommodate for me and stop calling it sin. Well, we're not going to do that. The word of God is our guide, and we're going to follow But the fact is, we're all the same. We're all in the same boat. You are welcome. I hope you find love and grace here. And I hope you find the Spirit's just strength and empowerment to become everything God created you to be. Just like I want that for me and for my family. That's who we are. And that's what truth is about. And I I just sometimes wonder, how far are we going to be willing to go? How much lunacy will we accept under this thing of saying, well, there is no real truth. And whatever someone feels at any given moment, that must be truth. We were in Toronto a couple weeks ago. And we're at a movie theater down in a mall. And right outside, right outside the mall, is this huge bike ride, kind of in honor of Pride Month, totally naked people, hundreds of them, all nude. Boom. Big bike ride. We had read about one that was going to happen in Chicago. We weren't in Chicago. We were in Toronto. We didn't know about this one. But you're down in a mall. Now, okay, nude bike riding. Aside from the discomfort, you've got to start there, all right? We've got to acknowledge the challenge. But come on. You know, my first thought was, okay, 
I want to come back to Toronto in July and walk naked down the street and see if I get arrested. Is it okay because it's in June? Is all of a sudden this okay? I mean, imagine you're walking down there with your six-year-old daughter or your granddaughter or your, your, your 10-year-old son. I mean, you've got to explain that. And it's like all these cities have laws against walking around naked, but yet because of this and we want to make this point, this is okay. It's like, what are we thinking? What is going on in our heads? This isn't hate. This is the type thing of going, I don't, I don't understand how we are getting so distorted and how the truth is being so lost in our culture. And understand, people who do not are, lose the ability to discern and follow truth are in a very dangerous place. A culture that loses its ability to discern and walk in the way of truth is, is in a dangerous place because truth has a way of bringing us back to truth. It really does. And one of the primary goals of Paul's ministry and mission is that we must grow in the truth of God's word, the truth of who he is, the truth of his created order, the truth of who he created us to be. That's where life is found. You understand that I want joy, I want peace, I want fulfillment for every single first person on the face of the planet. I want everyone to experience all the good things that God created them for. But I know that comes from aligning with his truth, not kicking against his truth. You kick against the truth of your creator, that's a losing battle. You can pretend you don't have a creator that you just popped up out of the ground. That's great. But the fact is, there is a creator. And the way to finding life and peace and joy and fulfillment and all the things every human heart longs for is aligning our lives with his design. That's the truth not enough for new believers to be born they also have to grow they also have to grow number three disciples must grow in the hope of eternal life they must grow in the hope of eternal life this is a big one we believe in eternal life second corinthians 4 16 through 18 says this so we do not lose heart though our outer self is wasting away our inner self is being renewed day by day for this light and momentary affliction paul's writing this experiencing prison, beatings, shipwrecks, all for the gospel. Light and momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. Look at this. For the things that are seen are transient. Another translation says they're temporal. They're temporary. But the things that are unseen are eternal. We need to grow in this. Because we've been socialized, trained, everything about us says this is what's real. Material stuff. This is real. The spiritual, the eternal, ah, that's, we hope, and, but no, no. I make my decisions, I live my life based on the real. And see, what Paul's talking about is we understand that we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is on, what, on what is unseen. Because what is seen is temporal, what is unseen is eternal. See, it changes. This is more than theology. This is living the truth that this is not all there is. And this has very practical ramifications for us. It really does. It, it causes us, one, to see the big picture, to understand that we live in an eternal world, a spiritual world, so that around us all right now, there's God's spirit, there's, there's angels, there's spiritual beings, and it's real. See, if you believe that there is a spiritual realm, it changes your understanding. 
we begin to see, we begin to have values that are eternal. Eternal values change everything. Because many of us have been raised and trained with temporal values. Eternal values are things that we value eternal things most. Well, I've told you before, there's only two things in this world that are eternal, right? There's God, his spirit, and his kingdom. That's, that's eternal, that's one. And then there's people. That's two. Do you realize if we actually started to live with eternal values right now and started to value those things most, how radically our life would change? It doesn't mean we don't care about anything else. It just means that all those other things are fighting for third place and beyond and down. Okay? So your job, yes, it's important. Your house, important. Car, important. That's fine. It's all fine. But, but the fact is, they're temporal. Your job, you won't have it forever. Your house, someone else will live in it one day, and then one day they'll bulldoze it. Okay? Your car, man, if it makes it through the years, some of us are going to be lucky, all right? You know? No, but seriously, we worry about this stuff, and we fight over it, and we burn relationships over stuff that isn't going to last. Relationships are eternal. God first, others, that's what's eternal. An eternal value system recognizes that and lives in that. That's a game changer. It really is. It will change your decisions on a day-by-day basis. How about we begin investing in what's eternal? When we start talking about our time, our talent, our abilities, our treasure, we start investing in things that are eternal instead of just the things that are temporary. We start investing in the things of God, his kingdom. We start investing in people instead of stuff. It really is. It's a game changer for us. This world is not all there is. And that affects how we approach this world. Disciples must grow in the hope of eternal life. See, it's not enough for new believers to be born. They also have to grow. And last, I'll wrap with this. Disciples must grow in the word of God. This is so huge. They must grow in the word of God. It's why we do what we do. So much, you you notice, I'm showing you all kinds of scripture up here. It's why it's important, because the word of God has proven itself faithful and true for thousands of years. While we have been, we've no, nowhere, no time in history has there been better access to all of the random thoughts of the whole world. Most of us have access to all the random thoughts of the whole world on, on our phone. And it drives you insane. But I'm, I'm just telling you, you, you find an expert on something, I'll find you three who totally disagree. The Bible has stood as a foundation of truth for years. See, I want to challenge you to get into the Word. You want to grow? You, I don't think there is a better thing I can tell you to do. You become a follower of Jesus Christ, you're his, you want to grow, become a person of the word of God in prayer. Really, become a person who engages with his word, listens through the reading of the word, through the understanding of the word. Look what Isaiah 40, verse 8 says, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. That's powerful and that's true. That's the truth. Jesus said it this way, Matthew 7, 24 and 25, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. After the rain fell, the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it didn't fall because it had been founded on the rock. He goes on and says, the guy who doesn't, like he built it on shifting sand. The storm came and it destroyed everything. That's the power of the word of God. That's why we talk about the word. That's why we share the word. I want to encourage you, be a person of the word and then live that word out, act on it, and watch the fruit in your life begin to change. See, isn't that really where the rubber meets the road? The fruit, the produce of your life. 
you listen for his voice through the word of God, you become a person of the word, and then you live that out. You live that truth out. Watch and see how the fruit changes. Now, it doesn't do any good to sit and listen to the word and not do anything about it. Yeah, that really won't help. But if you listen and begin to walk in it, you will watch your life change. You'll see the fruit in your relationships, in your work, in your life, in your family. It will change because of the word of God. I promise you. You understand, that's what we do here. That's what this church is about. Helping people become followers of Jesus Christ. And then we gather weekly to be reminded. In a world that's trying desperately to get us to say up is down and down is up. Sometimes the point of saying ridiculous things. Contradicting itself all over the place. But it gets hard when you're bombarded 24-7. We weekly gather like the church has done for 2,000 years. And we're reminded, oh yeah, God is real. His word is true. It's powerful. We dig into the word. We worship together. We acknowledge his presence. We literally are aligning ourselves with the truth of all creation. Every time we gather. And the whole hope is that we will know the word and that we will live the word. And that's transformative. That's Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Reaching for Real Life. And if you'd like to hear this full message in the series, The Faith, based on the book of Titus, it's available right now on demand at reallife.org. And while you're there, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email that this program blessed you, or even better, your financial gift helps this radio ministry continue. Find the Give tab at reallife.org. But of course, you're invited to visit and join us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road right behind Rotama Park, next to the Real Life Amphitheater. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262 as Reaching for Real Life is a service of River City Community Church. We hope you join us again next time for more Real Life.